Hi, and welcome back to another episode of the Empowered Birth Podcast. Today, my guest is Rebecca Toomey. She is a wife, mom, and podcast host of The Radiant Mission. Rebecca shares her story of her two births, the first one being an unnecessary C-section, and the second being a free birth at home. We then take a deep dive into the spiritual aspects of birth, including spiritual warfare, witches, warlocks, the authority that we have in Jesus. This goes deep and it was such a great conversation. This is a two-part interview. The second half of this interview will be for members only. To finish listening to our conversation, go to patreon.com slash empoweredbirthpodcast. You can sign up for any amount and get access to the rest of this episode. You will not want to miss it, I promise. Thank you to those who are currently supporting the show, whether monetarily or through reviews and words of encouragement in my DMs. I truly appreciate all of you taking the time to spread the message of Empowered Birth. All right, let's get into the show. Welcome to the Empowered Birth Podcast. I'm Allie McLean, registered nurse, home birth doula, and former feminist. My mission is to guide you into the freedom that is God's design for femininity, birth, and motherhood. There's a movement happening of powerful women uniting around finding out God's best for us. You're going to find information here that you won't find in your basic childbirth education class. You'll hear stories of women and birth professionals who are experiencing the redeeming experience that birth can be. You're going to get all the information you need to confidently navigate your way from pregnancy to postpartum and beyond. Are you ready to go on a Holy Spirit empowered adventure? Then stick around. You're exactly where you should be. Hi, Rebecca. Welcome to the show. I'm so excited to have this conversation with you today. And it's one that I've been meaning to have. I was kind of telling you a little bit before we started recording that this is something that's really been on my heart and mind to talk about. But I just think that this is a great introduction to what's going on. And so I know a lot of my audience knows that birth is so powerful. And I think one of the reasons we can experience this power is because it's not just a physical experience we're going through. Like it's a spiritual and emotional experience. So I've not talked about the spiritual aspect of it a ton. There's been some birth stories that have come on and we've talked about it a little bit, but we're really going to dive in deep to what the spiritual side of birth is and some of the maybe conflicts that can happen when you are in pregnancy and labor and birth. And I know we both have a story there, but just as a little background, Rebecca and I are both Christians. And so we are approaching this from that worldview. And if you're not in that place, that's totally okay. Stick around Let's see where this conversation goes, because the reality is we're not ignoring the spiritual aspect of birth, and it's powerful, and I'm just really excited to see what comes up today. So would you just maybe take a little bit and tell us who you are and what you do? Sure. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to talk about this. I love talking about birth. I love talking about 
the Lord. <laughs> and so I'm very excited to have this conversation. My name is Rebecca Toomey, and I'm a mom. I'm a wife. I work full-time from home. I work in sales and marketing for a software company. I build websites. I love all things creative, basically. <laughs> I also have uh, my own podcast called the Radiant Mission Podcast that started recently. And my home birth what had a lot to do with that. I had so many different things occur during that experience. And the Lord had been calling me for a couple of years, but I didn't know how he wanted to use me. And honestly, it was that birth and my the testimony of his promise to me that ended up leading to starting my own podcast because I wanted to share his goodness, basically mm-hmm. <laughs> the short version of it. Yeah. Because it's amazing what can happen when you really lean into the Lord. And I certainly did for my recent home birth. Yeah. And I think that's a great place to start. So would you just kind of tell us a little bit about that story? What was mm-hmm. going on? What did you experience during that? Sure. So my first is almost three and I went through birth the traditional way, went to OBs and tried to learn some things on my own, but I don't think I did a very good job. (laughs) And I ended up in a hospital birth in a situation where I got a C-section or as I call it, an unnecessary. It was just a failure to progress situation, tale as old as time. And they re- the doctor that was on call really pushed me into a C-section. In fact, she cleared the room and was like, you're going to have a C-section now, which was very upsetting for me because my plan the whole time was to have a natural a vaginal birth. I should call it, I don't know if I can call it natural at that point because I'd had an epidural. I guess it's still natural, whatever. <laughs> but I got into surgery and she actually cut my bladder during the C-section and I had something that was called hysterotomy extensions, which is where when they reach into the incision site to pull baby out, sometimes they're pretty rough and it can cause additional tearing where the original incision was made. And they call that a hysterotomy extension. And so I found out later, which I don't know if I should jump too much in the story that they stamped me basically not a candidate for TOLAC, trial of labor after cesarean, which I didn't see this until I was 35 weeks pregnant with my second child. Mm -hmm. And I had been going to a midwife. She was a home birth midwife. She was great. She taught me a lot. But when we finally got that report and it said that at the end, she got nervous because she hadn't received the full operations report. She'd seen that I had hysterotomy extensions. She knew about my bladder injury because I was very vocal about it. But when she saw that operations report and they added that to the last sentence, of course, it's a liability. They have to protect themselves in case something happens to you later. She just didn't feel comfortable. And this is where the topic of spiritual warfare comes into play a bit. I didn't realize it until this point and until the end of my pregnancy that there were spiritual forces at play in my birth with my son, but I noticed it with other people too. So I had joined 
a bunch of Facebook groups and I was in some home birth slash unassisted home birth groups. And I noticed a trend among these women and it was sabotage, sabotage on the birth experience. And it was different for different people, right? So some of them, it was, I have this toxic family member who is super against me having a home birth. And they say that they're going to call 911 or they're going to do this, or they're going to do that. I saw that one. And I saw that one a lot, or my husband isn't comfortable with a home birth. So I can't do it because he isn't on the same page and he won't be comfortable. You know, there was different scenarios, but they all had the same underlying tone. And that was, let's stop this from happening. And what I learned during my birth with my son, because I did go on to have actually an unassisted home birth (laughs) because my midwife backed out at 35 weeks. And the Lord had been telling me this whole time that I was pregnant to stay home. The voice was so clear. It was like, stay home. And just this peace would rush over me that I felt very confident that it was the voice of the Lord telling me, I'm going to protect you. I'm going to keep you safe. I want you to learn about my creation, you and the child that is within you. And so rather than go from an OB situation where I was depending on doctors to help me or save me or make sure that my baby was born, rather than go from that to depending on a midwife to say, quote, save me, I leaned into the Lord to save me because he's the only one that can. He's the only one that could save me in that situation. And so that's when I, when my husband and I, things went on with our midwife and she was backing out. He's like, we're just going to have this baby because we had done so much of our own research and learning up until this point because the Lord had guided me there because he said, don't depend on one person to make sure that this birth goes smoothly. You and Mike need to learn. So what did we do? We read a ton of books. I read Ina May's Guide to Childbirth. I also read Heather Baker's book, Home Birth on Your Own Terms. I took a hypnobabies course. So actually hypnobabies. I know there's like hypnobirthing and all those different ones. It was Carrie's version, hypnobabies, which what I want to say about hypno babies, particularly is it was her curriculum that really helped transform things a lot for me because she actually gives childbirth education in her class where she's teaching you about the uterus, how it functions, that it's a muscle that pushes down. And if you can be calm and have that release function and just be chill, basically the bottom part of the uterus, which tightens that part of the muscle will release and your baby will come. So those were a couple of the things. I also use the Christian HypnoBabies app as well. At periods, I have to say the first time I ever listened to it, I sobbed because it was just so beautiful. <laughs> Whatever I listened to was just so sweet and it it really touched me in a lot of ways. And so then there was all these different channels, Instagram accounts, Facebook accounts. I just immersed myself in birth this time and learning about it. And I watched a ton of births, which is something I didn't do with my first because I was still in this 
modern day, uh, what is the word? Just this modern day mentality about birth that we place ourselves outside of it. We try to touch it as little as possible because it's uncomfortable and it's kind of, we think it's gross or it is scary or it's painful or whatever preconceived notions we have about it. I had to get rid of all of that. I had to delete those files is what I like to say. It's kind of some of the things that I learned in HypnoBabies was we all store things in our minds and our memories, just like a computer hard drive. And some of those files are not doing us any good. They're not doing us a service and we need to delete some of them. And they may be deep into our subconscious. They may be in the back of our mind and we're not thinking about them on a day-to-day, but that fear exists. And so for me, it was deleting those and bringing it to the Lord and saying, I trust you. You told me to stay home. I am learning everything that I need to learn in order to accomplish what you're asking of me. And I'm going to go from there. So that's kind of the beginning processes of things. And we decided to stay home and I had our son. So I had a V back at home. We bought a birth pool and everything. So that was awesome, by the way, definitely recommend a birth pool. We have a big tub and I used to labor in it with our daughter, but it was so uncomfortable, like on the bottom of my knees and stuff. So I loved that about a birth pool is that it's padded and I could really move around and had the little handles and stuff. But he came very quickly because I really did things God's way this time, right? And just focused on relaxing. As soon as I was in my birthing time, I started, I put on worship music and I was hugging on my daughter. I knew that she was going to go down for a nap and maybe she would have a little brother by then. (laughs) But I wanted to have that time with her. And it was just so beautiful to have those moments to know I'm in labor right now and he's going to come and like, this is our moment together. And he came very quickly. It was three hours and uh, change from my first contraction until him actually being born. (laughs) And it was just an amazing experience to feel what it is like to physically go through that and feel the baby coming down. And that was when I realized how amazing and beautiful birth is and that it is something that is stolen from us mm-hmm. in many ways. Yeah. And I had already had obviously a lot of birth trauma from my first experience because of what happened and a number of other reasons. And this highlighted it almost even more that this is what happens to people. And it's very interesting because I'm sure you've noticed this a, a long time ago, but you can almost ask somebody very straightforward, specific questions and know what the outcome was. Oh, 100%. I talk to strangers and they'll say something to me like, oh yeah, I had trouble breastfeeding. And I'll say, did you have a C-section? And they're like, yeah, how'd you know? (laughs) Like, cause that's another tale as old as time. It's something I hear a lot. There's themes in birth too. And in pregnancy, what I notice a lot is, It sounds so dumb, but like I can kind of predict the future based on the decisions that you're making Mm -hmm. during pregnancy. Like, oh, you went with an OB. Okay. Mm -hmm. Well, most likely a surgeon is going to want to do surgery. So like Mm -hmm. that 
it's a pretty good guess that you're going to have a C-section. Yeah. Oh, you're getting a ton of cervical checks starting at 37 weeks. Well, premature rupture of membranes does happen quite often, which starts the intervention. And it's just kind of easy to see the themes in labor mm. when you've been in it so much. And that's why your decisions matter. But Absolutely. I was kind of hearing some themes when you were talking just And maybe we could go into this a little bit more because you mentioned how some of the spiritual warfare that you're seeing is a lot of sabotage. Mm -hmm. And so your thoughts, like your your thought life, and I think that's Mm -hmm. kind of what I land on a lot is our mind is powerful. Mm -hmm. And in the Bible, like it talks about taking your thoughts captive. Mm -hmm. And so when you were talking about kind of noticing that, what did you call it? Not programming your deleting files deleting <laughs> files yeah i was okay like, oh, programming <laughs> but when you can delete it, those reprogramming files, is a good way to think about it too it, though yeah i mean you have to delete what is not true and mm-hmm. replace it with the truth and that mm-hmm. is so a spiritual battle a lot of times is in our in our minds mm-hmm. and to pay attention to that is a really powerful thing that anybody can do but it's just even more powerful when you're submitted to the authority of the Lord, because he will expose things to you that you cannot see with your natural eye. And so just that discernment is key. So maybe if you could talk about some of the other ways that you've seen like the spiritual side kind of come forward and expose themselves. And also when we're talking about like themselves are we talking about entities are we just talking about like because I don't know we're living in a pretty humanistic world where not Mm -hmm. a lot of people believe that there's spirits out there that actually hate us hate all of humanity and birth is such a great way to get out women and like you were saying it's been stolen from us and if it's been stolen it can be redeemed but it can only be redeemed by the creator of birth which is the Lord, because he created man and woman way back at the beginning of time. So yeah, I don't know if you want to talk a little bit more about some examples that you've seen of spiritual warfare, how it's shown up, how we can recognize it. That would be really helpful. Absolutely. So let's back up a little bit on spiritual warfare and what it is. For those listening, if you are not familiar with Genesis 6 in the Bible, It's what's going to lay the foundation for you for spiritual warfare and what that means. This is another thing that is programming, just to throw that out there. We're programmed in certain ways from the time that we're very young. For example, if someone is Amish and they grow up in an Amish community, they're not going to think about birth the same way that we think about birth outside of the Amish community. They have babies at home. They have midwives and elder women in their communities that are helping them with the birth experience. We in modern society go to a trained surgeon (laughs) to have our babies. So that's one example of programming. Another is that look at what's on TV. There is all of this stuff about supernatural shows like heroes or even star wars every single disney movie (laughs) basically for kids has some sort of witch 
or evil spirit or evil person, there's a ton of supernatural in television, in movies, in our culture. And I personally believe that the purpose is to throw people off the trail, so to speak, because if you see it on TV and you're like, oh, this is fiction, this is fake, this is whatever, you don't stop to really internalize what's really happening. And that's that, that's the intention is to not get you really thinking about what that means. So if we go back to Genesis 6, that is where in the Bible we learn about these entities. And I'll give a summary. I don't have Genesis 6 open. Let me see if I can get it open just to refer back to. But to give the Cliff Notes version, Satan, who most of you have heard of, (laughs) which I'm going to refer to as the enemy or the adversary, he was actually an angel. And he was considered musical. They talk about how he was potentially the worship leader of sorts for the angels. And his job was to sing and worship God. And he eventually got prideful and he wanted that worship for himself. And that was when he was cast out of heaven. And it says in the Bible that he took a third of the angels with him. And those angels were all sent to earth. That's when we go into what happened next, which is that some of these angels, not all of them, but some of them decided to take human women for their wives. And this was an abomination to God. He was not supportive of this. This was not his plan, but they did this. And what came out of that was a very terrifying generation of offspring. They're described as giants. They're described in multiple different types of ways. And they also say that these angels potentially mated with non-humans too, And so if you think about Greek mythology and those gods and whatnot, there may be some layer of truth to that, that potentially they could have been Nephilim. And the Nephilim is what we're referring to when we say an angel, fallen angel mating with something or someone else. So this was so appalling to God that he regretted ever making human beings. How sad is that? It's like the saddest thing ever. And there was only one human being that was worth saving. And that was Noah. Mm -hmm. He was the only one that even with all of this horrible stuff going on around him, because by the way, these Nephilim were totally evil. They were eating literally cannibalism, eating one another, just crazy stuff sexually And it was not a good world to be in. It wasn't a world you wanted to live in. And that was when he decided to to save Noah and his family. Adam's offspring. (laughs) (laughs) Sure. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) So he saved them. And as we know, it took Noah many, 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 many years to build his boat. Didn't happen in five minutes. It took him a long time. And God literally destroyed the entire earth to get rid of this new bastardized race, essentially. But in doing so, these spirits of the Nephilim were cast out 
and spread out among the earth. So what does this mean? It means that the physical Nephilim were washed away, but the spirits of them still remained. And I can't speak to specifics of how every single thing works. But if you look within our society and how people will say things like my demon Mm. or that person has a demon, it is believed that these entities find human bodies as hosts to come live inside of. And that's a different conversation. That's the conversation of demonic possession versus oppression. Mm -hmm. And possession is typically somebody who is not a believer can be possessed by a spirit. A true believer can still be oppressed. They can still experience pressure from spirits, from evil spirits or from Nephilim spirits. And so when we talk about spiritual warfare, this is kind of the basis for this. And I know that this is a lot. Most people don't, and a lot of people, even within Christian churches, don't talk about this stuff Mm -hmm. because it seems crazy in some ways, but it's there. It's right there in our Bibles. It says it. Yeah. I'm just looking at Genesis six and verse four. It says the Nephilim were on earth in those days. And also afterwards when the sons of God went into the daughters of humans and had children by them, they were the heroes of old men of renown, like you were saying in the Greek mythology, but also we don't really know how they were there afterwards either. Mm -hmm. And so you can look at the ancient history and find reports of, yeah, giants and these different entities that are just are supernatural. And so we live in a supernatural world because we're made by a supernatural God. And so for us to think that the supernatural does not affect us today is just Mm -hmm. plain foolish. And so I think The reason why we're talking about this is because if you have opened yourself up to any of the things that are not from the Lord, like you're vulnerable to interference in your birth. I mean, we're all vulnerable to that. Mm -hmm. But like when you have the Holy Spirit in you, you have a defense against it and a powerful defense. Mm -hmm. So what are some ways that you're seeing the supernatural kind of come up during pregnancy and labor and birth? And why do you think it is that it seems like women really get the brunt end of it, especially during (laughs) this time in our lives? Yeah, that's a great question. And just to back up for one second, what you said about supernatural world, there is an account on Instagram called Megalithic Marvels. Check it out. Oh yeah. it's it's You probably already know about that, but he posts all of these very old artifacts and old structures. Think about the pyramids and how people talk about like, how could people have built the pyramids with a cart and a bunch of men without any true materials? Or they talk about how things are cut, laser cut. And this was built thousands of years ago. So Nephilim, they existed. There were things that went on. There was technologies that they had back then that could even be superior to what we have now. Again, different conversation. If you're interested in this stuff, by the way, 
my sister and I did talk about this on the Radiant Mission podcast. We did a mini series on spiritual warfare. So it's a good place to kind of like get through some of this information. Mm -hmm. We felt the same way about it that it's not talked about enough. Let's dive into this a little bit deeper. Let's have a conversation. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) We don't know it all, but also we know that there's something going on. And we specifically like the reason I wanted to talk about this is because I do see it in birth Mm. all the time. Mm -hmm. And so it's not just affecting certain areas of your life, but like this is something that I know can be so transformative for women to go through a pregnancy, labor, and delivery with just like this empowered feeling. And it really is so life-changing, but it is one of the most spiritual times that you'll it ever is. experience. It is. I'm sure you've heard this many, many a time, but that phrase, the veil is thin yeah. when someone is growing a new life inside of them and bringing that life into the world. And I think that that's potentially a stronghold for spiritual warfare, for these spirits to attach to or to want to be involved in. Because here's the truth. We're at a war. That's Mm -hmm. why it's called spiritual warfare. And the war is for our souls. Mm -hmm. And it's God wanting to win us to his kingdom Mm -hmm. Or it's the devil trying to win or the enemy trying to win us to his camp. And what does he love? Destruction. He loves to destroy. He hates the family more than anything. And if he can isolate someone and break them down and separate them from the family, then he has a chance at success. And that's why I see this happening during birth. Because birth is a very vulnerable time for a woman. She is going through something that she doesn't quite understand. It doesn't matter how much education you have, you're still going to get into that moment and be like, whoa, (laughs) this is wild. And you have to learn in that scenario to trust that your body is going to do what your body was made to do. And we are taught by our society not to do that, that your body doesn't know what to do. Just you're going to need drugs. You're going to need to get put out. And that's that. You can't do this. And I think that that is a message from the enemy, just as different things that happen during birth are attacks from the enemy as well. Because at the end of the day, think about the way that our society has restructured itself over the last 50 to 100 years. Women used to give birth at home or in a field or wherever they were, they used to be home with their children, raising them, building a close bond with them, teaching them, training them, guiding them. And that has transformed over the last 50 to 100 years to women are giving birth in highly medicalized environments, separated from their children, not having a good experience with this because they were traumatized by the medical situation. So having a hard time breastfeeding, having a hard time healing, having a hard time connecting. They have to work now, the pressure of work, going back to work. Having a hard time having more children. Yeah. Having a hard time having more children, getting stripped of all this. Our lives as families are not what they once were. And there is already a pull at that as it is. And so I see this attack on birth as being a way 
for the enemy to separate us from what we are meant to do, mm-hmm. which is to continue growing, to continue having children and filling our quiver. And you know, that's a, a biblical reference that the Lord says that children are a gift from him and to fill your quiver with children. That's, you know, just something that he's calling us to do. And so if we are stopped, we're blocked from doing that because of work or because of fertility issues that come up with us, likely due to our environment around us, because Mm -hmm. we live in a toxic world, Mm -hmm. he's winning. And I'll tell you a story about what happened in my birth, because it was the moment that it all kind of came to, like I knew something was up, but I didn't know quite what. Seems like around every bend, there was something that we were pushed up against in a way. And I think it was because, well, I know it was because I was so dead set on following what the Lord told me to do. Even though I had, I had a couple of people in my life that were like, I don't know if this is a good idea. You know, what if this, or what if something happens or what if that? And what's interesting is some of them were Christian friends too. And I'm like, well, I just have to trust the Lord. And I'm like, all right, I guess I, you know, I gotta, <laughs> gotta let you do that. But as we got closer to Ben being born, things started to ramp up in weird ways. I started to feel a little bit unsettled. And, you know, I had read a lot about how your birth space, it's very important for your birth space to be a place where it's quiet and private and you feel comfortable. And I knew that I was going to go into labor soon. I just had this feeling I had been having pretty a lot of prodromal labor the last couple of weeks. I'd lost my mucus plug once already. And so I just had a feeling it was going to happen sooner than later. So my mom decided to come into town because she doesn't live in the same uh, state as me. And when she came into town, I just started to feel like, oh no, like maybe she wasn't supposed to be here because I just didn't, something didn't feel right. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't her I'm very grateful she was here. Actually, all of the videos that are on my Instagram of my birth or my mom took those. So it was really cool that she was here. And it was great to experience that with my mom. This was her first time getting to see one of her grandkids being born. And she has, this was her 11th. So that was pretty cool. But I just felt like something was up. And so one night we were all sitting on the couch. My husband, our daughter, and my mom was kind of on this side and he was on this side. And his phone, I guess, was like over on the other side. He's like, hey, can someone hand me my phone? And so my mom hands it to me. And when it got handed to me, it like swiped down a little bit. You know how on iPhones, when you like swipe, it'll show your recent Mm -hmm. suggestions. And it shows like what apps you recently looked at. And this app showed up that I had never heard of before, but it looked like a social media type of app. It actually, for a second, I thought it was like a dating app because (laughs) the name was weird. And my husband's not on social media. He has a professional social media, but he doesn't have anything else. And so I'm like, this is weird. And we're very open with each other about everything with our phones and everything. So I just open it and I'm like, whoa, wait a second. It wasn't, the app itself wasn't nefarious. It was kind of similar to YouTube in a way, but what he had on there was not good. Mm. And so I'm just like, what is going on? (laughs) 
And I was kind of whispering to him because our daughter was there. I'm like, what is this? And then our daughter goes, what is it? Uh, no. <laughs> and I'm like, all right, we got to talk about this later. Cause I can't talk to you about this in front of our two-year-old, you know, this is not, not the time. And so later I asked him about it and it was basically like, he was following these girls who like play music or whatever, but they could have played music with more clothes on. I'm just saying. <laughs> and he was very insistent that it wasn't anything like that. It just, he heard this recommendation to go listen to the band. And then he was on this app and then he was listening to this music, whatever, but he could see how it looked and he knew it didn't look good. <laughs> and so he's like, listen, I'm really sorry. I didn't mean it in any sort of way. I will delete this. This isn't who I am. And so he, we went through that, but something didn't sit right. It was like, I couldn't stop thinking about it. And I really think that whatever spiritual demon was attached to him was coming for me now mm -hmm. because he clearly had something up, whether it was intended for that or not, he was lured in by other women. That's just what it is. Mm -hmm. And that in, it, in and of itself is a spiritual attack on his personal spirituality and his walk and his faith. And it started to haunt me a little bit. And so I would ask him, like, when we were alone at the end of the day, is there anything else that you need to tell me? Because I feel like there's something else going on. And he's like, no, no. So fast forward to the night before Ben was born. Actually, I guess I would say it was the day he was born. Because I was literally awoken from a from my sleep by a voice telling me that you need to go check his phone. You need to go look at files. Mm -hmm. I'm like, files? That's a weird place to look on an iPhone. Like, who keeps things in files? And it was maybe, I'm trying to remember if it was like three in the morning or four. It was very middle of the night-ish. And I just woke up with this and I felt sick immediately. You know how you just like feel sick when you're about to find out something bad? Yeah. And in that moment, I didn't know like whose voice, who's telling me to do this? Whose voice is it? Like, is this the Lord telling me to do this or is this something else? And I really wrestled with that. I laid there and was like, I'm not going to do this. This Because of how anxious I was feeling, I didn't feel like I should because I felt like something was going on. Anyway, I decided to get up. I walk around the bed. I open, go to files. And literally, I'm not even kidding you, right there, it was like his phone had cookied him because it wasn't files that were saved or anything. It was just three cookied files from a pornography website. Mm -hmm. And it basically just showed me like, the username and like how many things were saved and everything. And I wanted to throw up instantly because we don't have that in our marriage. We had had that conversation many years ago. Like we want to have a very close and intimate relationship between the two of us. And we, you know, that's not something that we're going to do. It's just not, not it. And it wasn't something that he wanted to do either but it was his, his own battle. It's his own spiritual battle 
And that's something that I really want to get across to women that are listening to this. If you have a husband that has been through this or is going through this, this is not about you. Mm-hmm. And I knew it wasn't about me. Yeah. It was about him. It was his own personal struggle, his own personal battle. This he could be with a supermodel mm-hmm. and still be lured into that kind of stuff. Just like anybody's husband listening, it's not about you. So do not internalize it for yourself because it's not because you did anything wrong or you're not pretty enough or not skinny enough or whatever that head trash is that we women get around this topic. I will say that that is my number one advice. This is a spiritual battle. Just the same way that we as women fall into comparison traps on Instagram. Oh, wow. Her life is so perfect or her family is so perfect. This is just a human thing that happens to us. But that doesn't mean that I wasn't upset in the moment. I was super upset. And to me, I was just more upset that he went through this, he went through something and he hid it from me. That was to me, the hardest part to grapple with in that moment was like, how long has this been going on? Mm -hmm. And you have this secret life basically that I don't know about because like, when is this happening? We both work from home. Like we're both together all the time. When is this going on? And I had to kind of take a step back for a minute. Obviously I was super upset, but again, that was the day that our son was born. So Mm -hmm. this was a spiritual attack Mm -hmm. and I didn't realize it until a little while later. So I'll just kind of fast forward. We had our talk. He was very upset. And he said that was his, literally his worst nightmare was me finding out about this. And he'd wanted to tell me for a long time, but he didn't know how he knew I would be upset. And, you know, people don't want to have to deal with that. Right. Mm -hmm. And he apologized and he wanted to make things right and everything like that. So that was a great positive. Obviously he couldn't deny it (laughs) because it was there. So he had to just accept that this was in, in a lot of ways, he actually said he was relieved because he had been wanting to tell me for such a long time. So I go about my day. I was going to the chiropractor that day. And so my mom went with me and my husband told me like, it's okay. You're to tell your mom, like you're upset. I know she's going to be mad at me for this, but she's understanding, you know, what is she going to do? She's not going to hold it against the guy. But my mom prayed over me and that helped a lot. And so went to the chiropractor and then we stopped at the grocery store and I felt so much pressure. And my mom's like, you know, that's what happened when I went into labor with your sister. So we get home and I kind of feel like wet. (laughs) So I'm like, I'm going to go change my pants. And when I went upstairs, I went to the bathroom and that's when I realized that my water was leaking. Mm -hmm. And I'm still, I mean, this had just happened with my husband and I left for a little while, but that was all I was thinking about because it was a very, you know, it was a very difficult thing in that time to find it out. I mean, obviously I'm 39, whatever weeks pregnant and just found out my husband's been hiding things from me for a while. So I call my sister because I haven't talked to her yet. And I'm just crying, telling her what happened. And that was when she said, this is a spiritual attack. The devil wants nothing more than to separate the two of you. Your water is literally breaking right now. 
you're going to have this baby today and he wants to separate you. He wants you and your husband to be at odds with each other, for you to be closed to him and he can win. This is how he destroys families by destroying the trust that's between the two of you. And she gave me an example of uh, a time where she had something similar happen to her. And she said at that time, she had a friend that said, Hey, you're going to be upset about this, but can you extend some pre-trust until you get through this event? And then you guys can talk about it. And she said that to me, can you extend some pre-forgiveness and pre-trust in him so you can get through today? And you guys can work through this, however you need to work through this, but you need to recognize that this is the enemy coming for you and your baby right now. And that was when it all kind of clicked and came together. And I saw all the instances through my pregnancy of when things didn't work out, that it was the enemy trying to suck me back into the medical system when my midwife backed out or different scenarios that had kind of come up during this time people that were trying to pull me off of this path of having a home birth. And so I, when I hung up with her, I called my husband, he came into the bathroom and we prayed together Mm -hmm. and we decided to anoint our doorways. So he actually anointed all of the doorways kind of upstairs where we were going to be for our birthing time. And I literally just extended pre-forgiveness and stopped my mind from thinking about that situation that had just happened with us and focused on what I needed to focus on, which was baby being born, staying calm, staying happy. And I have to tell you that it led to something really amazing. Mm -hmm. And my husband was right there with me when I was in the tub. He held me at the end of it and we really went through it together. There was definitely one point and it was when he was, I believe, going over my pubic bone. That was the one moment I had one instant moment of fear. And I was like, oh man, what if this goes on for a long time? (laughs) That was the feeling that that was the concern that I had, but I was looking right into Mike's eyes. Like we were staring into each other's eyes. He says that he felt me look into his soul (laughs) and then that was it. He moved down and he was born and I had leaned back in the tub so that my husband could catch him. And he handed him right back to me and he just started sobbing. He was just crying like a baby and was just so grateful that we got to have this together after it could have gone a very different way. Right. I could have said, Hey, I don't trust you anymore. I don't want you around. I don't want to have anything to do with you and gone to the hospital or done something else, but we decided not to. So yeah, that's a powerful story. I was just reading in Ephesians six. Sorry, my baby's crying in the background. (laughs) So in Ephesians six, it says for our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of the dark world and against spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms so like it's for sure going on Mm -hmm. and being aware of how they operate can help us defend ourselves against that Mm -hmm. so 
Yeah, no, that's so, so powerful. And I think we're going to end here, but if you would stay on and we can, I'm going to put this second part, what we're going to talk about in my membership platform, because I feel like there's still more that's here that we need to explore. So for those of you who want to continue listening to this, why don't you hop over to Patreon? And then for those of you who are not members, would you tell them how to reach you? Sure. Yeah. I am at on Instagram, the radiant mission or same thing on Facebook. We There's also a, a podcast page for the podcast, the radiant mission podcast on Facebook, or you could just go to the radiant And I post all of the episodes on the blog there. So that, that would be the best way to find me. That's awesome. Thank you so much. And I am excited to continue this conversation. Thank you. That episode was packed full of information. I just loved my conversation with Rebecca and I can't wait for you to hear the second half over on our members only portion. We take a deeper dive into the witchy side of birth, spiritual warfare, and how to fight back. So go now to patreon.com slash empowered birth podcast to hear the second half of this awesome interview with Rebecca. Thanks again for tuning in. Until next time, stay empowered.